Hello. Hello. Here with Tony Nichols. Here with Sophie Tidman yeah. of Maven. <laughs> How are we doing? Yeah, good, yeah. thank you. How was your day, Tony? It was a good day. Nice to be in London. I like being here because um, where I live is very different, as you know. Mm. Um, and um, I've just been walking through King's Cross and down the canal there, just thinking it's a bigger version of Castlefield in Manchester. So just feeling slightly at home, really. Yeah. yeah. Not that I live in Manchester now, but that's sort of where my hometown is, really. Yeah, I was walking through London today as well, and uh, I, I used to live around Soho and Fitzrovia, so right. I was there, and that mm. felt really familiar. Mm. And then I was in Bloomsbury, and that felt really familiar. You know, that kind of university campus feel that yeah. it has, and lots of bookshops and Japanese restaurants for mm. some reason, often together, and it just felt like different, but mm. also familiar. Mm. It's quite a nice feeling. I thought it was a bit like... Um, you know, flaneur, being a flaneur, right. walking through the city as a sort of engaging with it and also observing it mm. from the outside at mm. the same time. I always really like that feeling. It feels very um, liberating, particularly post-COVID. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to come back. To yeah, that. people in three dimensions have still got a freshness to it, I think, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'll ever lose that now. I think no. I always appreciate that now. Yeah, my, the rest of my week was really nice with client work, but I still felt like being at home mm. with the grey skies on the computer the whole time just mm. the quiet it just felt I just felt a bit flat mm. so it was quite enlivening today in lots of places in the House of Commons having a bit of tour around the House of Lords and things and which is mm. an amazing just the patterns there mm. the, the gothic um, interior design is yep. quite incredible mm. so yeah it's slightly exhausting isn't it being uh, having all that sensory mm. information yeah, I've been sat in a. I mean, I've been sat in a meeting room all day, but it's been a really good day because we've had a, a really good meeting and we've had a laugh, lots of mm. laughs, and felt like it was a sense of relief to to be seeing the lighter days and and to be feeling like the world's appreciating Maven um, through you know what we're doing out there, getting mm. some really good feedback, etc. So, lots to be appreciative about, which is of course what we're talking about today, which is um, partly around appreciative feedback based on the last podcast we did. Yes. A friend of ours, Carol, said, can you talk about positive feedback and, and why sometimes that's difficult for people to receive? But we also talked about maybe, well, let's let's broaden that out to being, so what's it like to have an appreciative worldview? Mm. Yeah. So we thought we'd just, just chat about that and see where it takes us. Yes. Mm. Maybe there's something about progress. Maybe there's something about we always have to be doing better. We're never good enough. So to hear somebody say, I really appreciated what you did there, and then... I don't know about you, what the percentage, I don't know what the percentage is, but a large number of people, when you offer them that, then make some dismissive remark about, well, it was just nothing or it was somebody else or, mm. yeah, well, that was a fluke or something. It's never enough. Nothing's going to measure up to the no. enormity of what we face now. Right. But mm. And maybe it sets expectations that they have to do it again. Well, And also this mm. idea of heroic leadership as well. Right. right. And having the solution. Mm. Um, it just cripples people. It's so paralysing. Mm. It's. I think it's such a cause of anxiety, and and also goes ahead, goes alongside this idea of the ticking clock. Yeah. Mm. Things haven't just got to be solved. They've got to be solved by right Christmas. Yes. This arbitrary date of Christmas. Well, they literally <laughs> have this clock, don't they? Which is the end of humankind. They have this clock, don't they? And it keeps ticking ever closer to midnight or something. So. The, yeah. Is that the nuclear yeah. thing? Yeah. What a what a yeah Super. very appreciative way of looking at the world. Yeah. <laughs> So the only way I've found to counter the the way that people react to having positive feedback when they become dismissive of it is to encourage them to just say thank you and to leave a space either in their in their own mind or in, in, in their in the moment to just hear what was just said 
and just say thank you and, and, and stop themselves saying anything else for a few seconds such that they can create a space for appreciation mm. of what's just been said. I did it with an action learning set, actually, instead of okay. it was the end of a programme. Mm. And instead of doing reflection, well, I did reflections at the end of the yeah. action learning, somebody's, mm -hmm. somebody's airtime, but also reflections and appreciations. Uh -huh. So somebody just has to sit there because yep. they can't they can't talk. That's the structure. And yep. I mean, I was losing authority by this stage because it was the end <laughs> of the program, but mainly okay. people did it. Mm. And uh, yeah, they just had to sit there and, yep. and I've used receive that. it. I've used that. I've used that process when people are uh, you know, on such a downer about themselves that they're not hearing. So okay, we're just going to sit here now, and six people are going to give you say something positive about your presence today. Mm. They may not have met you before, but they can say something appreciative about how you've shown up today. And it usually ends up quite, it's very emotional, it's in a very emotional process. Yeah. And it's often when people are at their lowest ebb that they've got so much more to be appreciative about yes. in terms of mm. their, how they're showing up, because they're facing mm. into it. Yeah. And that's when they really need to listen to it. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a, I realised, um, it took me a while to realise this, that I really like affirmation. Right. <laughs> And it's okay to say I need that. Mm. I think a lot of people do. Some people need it more than others. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's very useful to go, that's mm. what I need and that's what I'm going to ask for. Yeah. Because, um, you know, the um, Pyro B. Yeah. The, yeah. Mm. So some people needing more connection yeah. or inclusivity or control. Mm. And where you need a bit more connection, actually, affirmation is yeah. really important. Mm. Um, so, but I think there's a tendency to see it as a weakness. Mm. Uh, I think with all of these things, there's always a potential shadow side to all of these things. So um, recognising that needing appreciation is a thing for me, definitely. I'm, you know, the meeting today, I've, I noticed myself in meetings making an observation, recognising that's landed well and it's shifted some worldview around what we were talking about, and then getting some feedback at the end of it, say, I really appreciated that comment, Tony. That, that feels really good, and I need that. I know I need that. And, and otherwise you'd be at sea, right? Right. Like, isn't it, you're like... I thought I did something good then, but then it didn't seem to go down so well. And you just have it hanging over you, yeah. like and it's it would, embarrassing. Yeah. To bring it up. Yeah, but it, 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 it was appreciative. You know, I, I was appreciated. My presence was appreciated. Yeah. My contribution was appreciated, and I recognised that that felt really good. And and I'm okay with that now. In the past, that would have been a feeling of oh gosh, I've got to repeat that now, haven't I? I've I've exposed myself. I've put my neck out, and now they'd be expecting more of that good contribution. <laughs> really? So maybe yeah. So that, that was you know in in you know early days of corporate life, is be careful how much you contribute because you don't expect more of it. Um, and of course, does that show embarrass somebody else because they haven't contributed because of the hierarchy? So, just noticing that from my younger career, but you know, absolutely past that now. It's a case of if I've got something to say and I think it's going to be useful, mm. say it. And if it's not useful, that's okay too, because I'm with people I trust that wouldn't hold that against me or laugh or snigger, etc. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel able to take a risk now because I feel trusted in the group. But equally, if if that became overplayed and I was grasping for that appreciation then I think then that becomes a shadow side where I start to make contributions for the sake of it yeah I think there's something really important about appreciation that's about valuing the diversity as well mm. so it's not I think sometimes we think in very much in binaries like this is a good performance and then there's a sliding scale towards right. poor performance Absolutely. this is what is a good intervention yes. in the meeting yeah. and this is what's <clears throat> not so helpful rather than I think I was speaking to Martin the other day we were having a bit of um a walk and talk catch up and um, and he was bringing an issue and he said, and I was like, oh, what are you kind of looking for from me on this? And he said, well, you know, James would would uh, give me some feedback on this or this. And I suddenly just went, well, I can't, I can't do what James can do. 
what? Uh, mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm not going to measure up to James. And then, and then I sort of just decided to just get over that. Um, and he was very appreciative about um, where we ended up and the questions I gave. And it was, and it was a realization. It's, oh, I don't. He he definitely doesn't expect me to be James. He just sort of said that in a flippant way. But it's, I'm not being judged on a linear scale. Right. It's like. <clears throat> I'm a being appreciative for the difference that mm. I offer. Yes. That is unique, mm. which is very freeing. Right. Um, and I think appreciative inquiry has that breadth to me. It's not good or bad. It's like anything we're appreciating about yes. right now. Like mm. There's a freedom to it. I'm not quite expressing it right. No, I think... You, so. You explain what I mean. Well, the counter, the counter to appreciate... Sorry, the counter. Where I think pe- some, some people think we're talk- what we're talking about is, is positive mindset. And I don't think it's anything about that, positive mindset. It's positive mindset, which is positive mental attitude, is, is to just be positive no matter what's going on in the world. And I just don't think that's a, that's a healthy. It's not real. It's not real. It's not healthy. Mm. And appreciative in mindset is to appreciate sadness, to appreciate pain. Everything's to, got value. Everything's yeah. got a place. Yes. Yeah. To appreciate the human beings and the human frailty. Yeah. Uh, in all of its guises, that that for me is what appreciation is about. It's not to dismiss pain and suffering and um, the, the challenges we have in life, but it's just to appreciate it, them as the part of rich tapestry of life, to use a cliche, mm. rather than everything's you know just jump on the table and be positive, you know. Yes, I definitely think that's the case with um, yeah negative stuff that is usually pushed away mm. in an organisation, particularly yeah. tensions or mm. conflict. <clears throat> Whereas before, you know, if you talk about change management in organisations, change comes from tension. You know, like in a great symphony, there would be periods of tension right. building up and then it would resolve. It's a constant cycle, isn't it? And yeah, like tectonic plates, you know, they're, yes. they're just rubbing up and everything, and something snaps. Yeah. So actually kind of flowing with it and going, oh, there's tension here. That means there's energy for change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uncomfortable. What's the gift in that? Right. How can you appreciate mm. that discomfort? Yeah. What it is, and inquire into it, such that you're getting closer to what kind of you know what's going on here that either is enabling us or is holding us back. Mm. That's the that's the inquiry. I think that's the yeah. space to go to. So it's you know brings in um, Reddy's model around teams spend ninety nine point nine percent of their time doing work on task, and the suggestion is that or the recognition of a of, of high-performing teams is that they actually spend some time also talking about how they're performing the task, their agendas, their meeting processes, their packs, etc. And they also spend a, a proportion of time talking about their group processes, their relationships, mm. how are we with each other. When mm. you said that, I felt this, can we talk about it? So creating space in organisations for them to talk about how they're doing the work and how they are with each other is often the breakthrough, I think, starts to help people yeah. shift. Yeah, the other model that I was thinking of in fact, at the same time, was the Bridges model mm. of change, which we've um, been using a lot recently for various reasons for for clients. But thinking about beginnings, mm. starting from endings, and before you get to a new beginning, going through this period of, of uh, being in the wilderness, mm. which has lots of mythical, mm. allegorical kind mm-hmm. of roots and religious roots about yeah. literally Jesus being in the wilderness and mm. and it being a period of discomfort and suffering, but also huge... Huge, hugely transformative yeah. and regenerative potentially if we can really be in it rather than you know rather than as most of us want to do push on through it push on through to the next push thing in your organizations yeah. it's the next action the next objective the next thing we need to be measured against rather yeah. than slowing down just slow down appreciate the pause appreciate the gap and spend some time 
being with each other as well as doing things. Yeah. And you know, when, when I use that model, I, al- I always counter it with, because you know, the actual numbers are 70% on task, 15% on process review, and 15% on maintenance, mm. what we call maintenance, the relationships. And when you think that through, 30%, that's over a day a week, not doing the work. Well, no, it doesn't work that way. It, it's, it's, it's part and parcel of the culture, and it's how you have conversations all the time that's both task mm. and review at the same time. So it's woven into the fabric yes. of the organisational life. And how much time are you... Is it costing you right, not, not doing to the do stuff? That. The gossip, the yeah. mm. the U-turns, the assumptions, the the mm. angst, yeah, mm. the yeah. emotional labour associated with not leaning into the human side of the organisation. Yeah. Mm. yeah, what what have you been appreciating lately, Tony? I think I, I just I just mentioned I'm 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 appreciating the three dimensional life nature of life <laughs> because we spend so much time in a two dimensional way now online that I really appreciate being with real people I know they're real people online but mm. in, in, in real life with them that it's just that fullness of, of looking at a whole human being and having yeah. a conversation that's not going through a you know a cable somewhere or over some Wi-Fi it's um, really appreciating that and hoping that I don't lose that mm. Mm. yes we talk a bit about images of organisations um, right. And organising in mm-hmm. our work, don't we? And I think um, I think organisations have become more two D, mm. increasingly two D, and being things being on the cloud. Right. And where are we physically in our organisations? Mm. Like you know, in a very real way, we don't use our hands very much as a culture no. anymore. Mm. Um, and historically, using our hands was very connected to brain development. Yes. So can we? Mm. Can we just grow our brains independently of our bodies? So, like, mm. I'm I'm very interested in this idea of the sensual in mm. in organisations, the sensual present. Like, you know, what's real to us mm. in our interactions? You know, the I remember the first time I um, had a proper job, and my visceral remembrance of that job. I was a consult. I was an econo- economics consultant, so you know, it was it was intellectual work. Yeah. But the the office, which was in Dublin, and a beautiful old Georgian building in the north side, of, no, the south side of Dublin, had this lovely lush red carpet. And I always remember taking my shoes, I often took my shoes off. <laughs> it wasn't a very busy workplace. Right. It was quite small, a bit like mm-hmm. Maven, and um, just walking on the carpet. And that was my, yeah, that's what I remembered. But, you know, people are physical beings. So yeah. I think mm. I think there's something about really connecting that with that to make the work real. Yeah. Because otherwise we're just... We just bash loads of stuff off, send an email. Yeah. I was with clients the other day and they were talking about how often they just send emails and then and then they tell people, well, we send an email, don't you know? Don't you know right. this is important, we send yeah. an email? It's like, no, because yeah. it's not real. It's not real, yeah. Because there's so mm. many emails, everything's just become noise. Mm. So how can we reconnect to the present in a in a way that's, you know... Well, we we talk about connection before content, don't we, in terms of where's the human relationship development in service of the task, mm. rather than just rushing into task. And there's something, I think you can do that online. Yes, you can, you develop relationships online, but I, I still think there's something about meeting somebody in the flesh for the first time that, that really moves that connection forward, yeah. that relationship forward. And you know, there's all sorts of reasons why politicians and you know certain business leaders are asking people to get back to the office. Usually it's a you know, monetary profit-oriented uh, reason. I have some sympathy in terms of encouraging people to at least consider how they meet face to face from time to time, and I think they are mm. having a mature. Uh, you know, most organisations having a mature conversation about this, um, 
but I, you know I, I'm, that's what I'm appreciating is that three-dimensional nature of life and the richness it brings yeah mm. what are you appreciating at the moment well I just turned 40 gosh I know such a I just I mean it's just numbers so I don't really generally mm. care about birthdays but for some reason this has been in my mind as quite a landmark age and uh quite freeing like I feel quite um you know a lot of things are very settled in my life and there's lots to be excited about so I feel very grateful mm. and appreciative of doing good work with good people just the the possibility mm. there's just a lot of social organizational trends that are moving and and lots of organizations are resisting that but they're happening and just fascinated to see how that wins its way and works out and how I how I embrace that mm. we'll try to so I turn 60 in April what yeah <laughs> and um nobody believes you Tony no they do <laughs> um and I'm appreciating some of the freedom that it gives me um we were talking about today in terms of you know what is it like to become an elder if that's the right word mm. you know I don't mean that in thinking I'm, I'm, I'm wise or anything it's just there's something mm. about that yeah Helena Clayton talks a lot right. about it doesn't she mm. yeah. yeah yeah so what does that mean and um I, I too I'm appreciating the great work we're doing with clients at the moment we you know the feedback we get is is humbling and we are recognizing the difference we're making so I you know that, I appreciate that and I'm also becoming excited about what what retirement might look like or semi-retirement or some kind of shift in a working pattern that means I've got other things mm. to do. So I'm really struck by your comment on hands. And so is that why I... There's something about, for me, picking up a camera. I pick up a camera and something shifts in me in terms of it becomes a more a me, me, like a meditative process because then everything is in the viewfinder. It's The viewfinder becomes my world then. And, yeah, there's something about appreciating use of hands... Um, the DIY, for example. Yeah. The messy plastering of I'm learning to do. Um, yes, I love how all your weekend stories are related to mm. making something called plastering. And yes. Usually it goes wrong in some way. But I, you always do it. I do it. And I learn. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. It, the, the rest of the world sort of disappears for a while while I'm doing that. Mm. Um, so I get into flow in that process. But I'm 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 going to reflect on this brain development and use of hands and whether that you know that's an important aspect of of being human mm. Mm. yeah hands heart mm. gut like mm. yeah um yeah and i'm also i've got a bit of cognitive dissonance and it's what we've been talking about like in fact carol i was talking to she, she was reflecting yeah, she, who, yeah who instigated this podcast was mm. um talking about how brilliant she felt when she was 40 and right and i was like yeah mm. yeah <laughs> And I, in some way, you know, feeling... I don't even like the word in your prime because actually it's every age has something to offer yeah. and I feel like I'm... But I feel like in my 20s I didn't know what was on offer. Right. And I really know mm. what it is now. Right. I think I was always trying to get somewhere. So that's just being 20, isn't it? Mm. Um, but the cognitive dissonance is but things are falling apart around us. Is it okay to feel like that? Mm. Should I am, I... am I just being in my own bubble? How do I? How do I be happy and fulfilled and flourishing and thriving at the same time things are falling apart that I don't know how to Mm. maybe that's just being in the mess maybe that's being in the mess and maybe it's localizing your perspective to who's around you and what the what the difference you can make closer to home Mm. to help people to seek help yourself maybe that's yeah 
How do we localise and appreciate what's around you? Yes. Well, that's one of the key skills of leadership, isn't it, we sometimes mm. talk about. It's kind of like being able to see at different levels of the system. Right. Like, yeah, I can see the global. Yeah. But I can't, often can't act in that mm. sphere. I need to act in yeah. a different way. So I can see different levels of the system and be in different ones. Yeah. And how do I help yeah, the system? Take the global perspective yeah. into the local. Yeah, translate. And not be paralysed by yeah, it. Yeah, not be paralysed by it. And not overshare. Yeah. Um, because if you see what's going on globally and transfer that anxiety to the rest of the organisation, you may well paralyse the very people you need to step up to help you solve some of these complex problems. Yeah. So there's a there's a judgment call I think about how you um what you bring down to the different people in your organization. Yes. We do that in Maven at different times. Mm. Never know the right level. I, I, I think it's a judgment call and um I think my sense is that if we if we are open with people we and we listen to them then we'll hear when we're oversharing if that makes sense. Mm. It's, it's, I think it's, it's the same with, you know, if we get back to the subject of feedback, there's a choice to be made about what you share and what you don't share, both in terms of uh, where you think there's a development need, but also where you can appreciate someone. Because if, if my experience is if somebody's not ready to hear some positive feedback, it can actually be quite damaging for them. They, they reject it outright and suddenly you close down the relationship. Mm. So there's, it's a judgment call about what, what, what's best for me to share right now that's either going to pick them up enough or keep the relationship going such that in a week or so or next time we meet they'll they'll be open to something else so um getting entry we talk about getting entry in a contract in consultancy cycle don't we so do i have permission mm. to do what i'm going to do just to assume that giving somebody positive feedback is a good thing and the right thing and you should do it all the time isn't necessarily i think the right thing to do I think it's still a judgment call with appreciative feedback even because if they're not ready to hear it, it can, I, I think it could damage the relationship. Yeah, and appreciative feedback about an organisation can be sometimes threatening to the leaders mm. of that organisation who want to problematise, who want to right. scapegoat. Right, right. Certain mm. aspects. Um, if everything's okay, what's the point of them? <laughs> so do you have a process? So you, you talked about in the action learning set sort of saying, okay, we're going to give a round of appreciative feedback now do you have a process do you have a way of talking to people individuals perhaps where you see that they're not wanting or they're not hearing positive feedback do you is there a way that you help them appreciate the feedback you're offering them or that has been offered by others to them i think there's silence like being right. quieting just mm. just asking them to hear it and being very clean in the language mm. so i see this in you you're courageous none of this quite i right. think right no you're courageous right Clean language. Very just direct mm. and clear. We sort of, uh, sometimes feedback is very, uh, we tend to caveat it, good and yes. bad. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it gets away from the, mm. it's so powerful sometimes when you just, you just say to someone, you're courageous. Mm. I see courage right now. Mm. Um, when do we, when do you in normal life, normal life, ever talk to somebody like that? Right. I think it can be really affirming. Oh, sometimes I'm just quite humorous with it. I'll just say, no, I don't want to hear no, just take it. That's right. it. Right. Mm-hmm. Sit with it. So I notice the authenticity in your presence when you say that. I can, I can, I would appreciate you giving me feedback like that. Mm. Very direct, um, very clean as a way. In terms of, there's no caveats to it. There's no buts. There's no, as you say, quite mm. courageous, courageous. That, yeah. that 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 works. And um, I think there's something about that's very different to how I was trained as a line manager too many decades ago, 
where there was a there was a, a process that you use. You know, you start with something appreciative to warm them up, so that you can give them some really bad feedback. A shit sandwich. A shit sandwich. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. Um, and then you finish on something appreciative. It just it just doesn't work. Yeah, you know? it's like it's like don't let them get carried away. Right. Yes. Don't let them get up themselves. Yeah, yeah. So that's not how people work. No, no. Mm. And, and you know, I can imagine with that kind of. Well, I know from that kind of thing, when you're authentic, authentic with your positive feedback and appreciation, they're then more ready to hear what it is they actually do need to think about in terms of development. Because hmm. there's the trust. The trust is there. Hmm. And you've given them something to build from. You've given them a solid base. To, OK, so I'm courageous. All right. So how do I utilize that courage in developing this particular bit of my capability that that perhaps isn't isn't there yet. Mm. So it's 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 appreciative inquiry. We st- in every system, no matter how broken, there's something that's working. So let's build from there. Yeah, and just really seeing things, seeing people as they are. Mm. I think it's very powerful. Mm. Like when you're usually giving that feedback, I don't know, their face takes on a bit of a new dimension. Yeah. They look yeah. a bit different. You notice something different yeah. about them. So often the reaction is tears, which says so much about how we don't appreciate people in society and that. We're always knocking them down, and they're never good enough. Yeah, we are never good enough. Yeah, and to hear some total surprise as well. Yeah, yeah. I've really appreciated um, how free this conversation has felt mm. yeah. with the wine. With the wine, and, uh, which I know really you finished before. Yeah, now. well, we. I think we've really settled into a bit of a rhythm. Mm. Um, and I think comfortable. Yeah, I appreciate the conversation today very much. So mm. nice bookend to the day, isn't it? Yeah, nice ending. So thank you to Carol for suggesting it. Yes. And thank you for the company mm. and the conversation. Yeah. I think that's us. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>